the latest in the Bova News podcast series. I'm your host, Kim Bremer, and today we're going to talk about global dairy markets. There's a lot going on in the world today, and all of it impacts agriculture in some way. Nate Dunay with StoneX is here to help us make sense of it all. Nate's the director of Dairy Market Insight at StoneX and has been applying his interest in large, complicated systems and statistical analyses to the international and U.S. dairy markets since 2005. Through ongoing reports and one-off client-specific projects, he helps people understand the short and long-term trends and the underlying relationships driving the market and what that means to their businesses. Welcome, Nate. Thank you, Kim. So before we talk about the global dairy market, let's focus on what's happening here in the U.S. What's driving our current dairy economy and how sustainable are these high prices? There's always a lot of different things driving the markets, but the biggest one here in the U.S. is really milk production. The USDA says that in January, U.S. production was down 1.6% from a year ago, and that's the biggest year-over-year decline that we've seen in the past 18 years. When we try to break down and look at what's driving that, we think there's a number of different factors. The, the first and easiest to cite is feed costs. We had a sharp increase in feed costs early last year, and that's feeding through to on-farm economics and, and slowing or even pushing down milk production. The second issue is all of the other costs on the farm. Above and beyond increase in feed costs, we're seeing increased labor costs, increased sharply higher energy costs, um, and increases for all of the other costs that farmers are facing on the farm. And that's further tightening margins and dampening milk production. And then in some regions, particularly the Pacific Northwest, we still have lingering impacts of record heat from this summer that's reducing production. Now, the sustainability of these high prices, we're pushing milk prices to some very high levels. The February class four price was a record high. The class three isn't quite record high, but we're talking about 20, 22, 24, $26 milk prices here. And these are high enough that historically they've triggered an expansion in milk production. And so thinking about the future here, we're probably going to go from milk production being down 1.6% in January to maybe up 1.5% by the time we get into the fourth quarter of this year. And the question is, can the demand side absorb an increase in milk production at these price levels? And demand overall here in the U.S. has been okay. It hasn't been fantastic. It hasn't been, um, it hasn't been poor. But we haven't fully passed these higher prices down to the consumer yet. For instance, the consumer price index for cheese in January was basically unchanged compared to a year ago, despite the sharply higher commodity prices. And so you start to look further down in the year, you say, okay, milk production is probably going to improve from the levels that it's currently at. And you think a little bit about demand and, and you say, okay, we haven't pushed all of these increases in prices down to consumer yet. The demand side is probably going to be a little bit weaker. You put the two together, and arguably the, the outlook right now is for a little bit softer pricing as we get uh, further out into the year. Well, and you just alluded to it as well. Our high milk prices really aren't solely driven by the domestic market. But from a supply standpoint, how long can we expect the depressed supply situation to last? Do you think it will go until Q4? Right. We wouldn't have U.S. prices at the levels that they're currently at without the the global fundamentals that we're currently looking at. Production here in the U.S. has been much weaker than expected. And like you said, the supply situation globally has been depressed as well. In January, European milk production was down about 1%. Argentina was down almost 1%. 
Australia was down 6.3% and New Zealand was down 6.1%. The issues that we're facing in global production are very similar to what we have here in the US. Higher feed costs have been dampening production, other input costs, or even labor availability. For instance, New Zealand has been uh, has had some of the tightest um, uh, controls around people coming into the country that that any country in the world has had since the start of COVID. So they've had a lot, uh, very tough time getting labor into the country to work on the dairy farms. Um, so high feed cost, high input cost, availability of inputs, and then also the weather. The weather in New Zealand has been hot and dry, November, December, and in January. It improved during February, but obviously that poor weather has had a big impact on milk production. Um, Argentina was record high during January, or record high temperatures, excuse me. And so feed cost, the weather uh, have all played into this weak milk production. But then there's a third factor, and that's government environmental policy. In New Zealand, the government has been tightening restrictions on environmental policy for a couple of years now, and it's really starting to hit at the farm level. The general expectation is that New Zealand's milk production is gonna be roughly flat moving forward. Uh, some expect a small decline. I'm a little bit more optimistic. I, I think we're gonna squeeze out half a percent growth for New Zealand from a long-term perspective. Um, but if, this, if dairy farmers in New Zealand were facing the record high milk prices that they're getting now, if this was 10 years ago, we'd be seeing six, 7% growth out of New Zealand, not a 6% decline. And so these, the government restrictions in New Zealand and the uh, changes in government policy in Europe are helping to hold back milk production growth despite the high prices that the farmers are receiving. Um, these high prices are not just a US situation. The farm gate milk price in Europe hit a new record high in December. New Zealand is looking at record high milk prices and so is Australia. And so again, there are factors that are holding back production growth but we're pushing milk prices to levels that historically have driven um, growth. And so our, our expectation is that the milk supply will improve as we're moving through the year. But in the last 12 days here, the, that outlook has become much more uncertain with the war in Ukraine. Um, when we think about the, the issues in Ukraine, there's going to be both direct impacts on the dairy markets and indirect impacts. The direct things, uh, I would say, are things like trade flows. Europe sends a little bit of cheese into Ukraine. Um, they send some product into Belarus. They send a little bit of infant formula and lactose into Russia. Those trade flows are, they've, they've come to a complete stop, talking to people in the industry in Europe. Um, it's just a, a dead stop. New Zealand sends anhydrous milk fat into Russia, and uh, Fonterra has said that they're going to stop sending product into Russia. And so there's, there's some direct impacts in terms of trade flows, but those are relatively minor. The bigger impacts are going to be the indirect impacts, things like sharply higher feed costs, with Ukraine and Russia accounting for roughly 30% of global wheat exports, I think 16% of global corn exports. Right now, almost nothing is moving out of either of those countries. If that continues, it puts a huge dent in the global balance tables and in, in the global um, supply situation for those commodities. And feed costs have been moving sharply higher. We've pushed 
wheat in Europe up to record highs. We've pushed nearby corn here in the US to above 750 a bushel. Um, it's not hard to envision feed costs moving even higher as we move through the year. And if that's the case, if we push corn above eight and we stay there for the next year, the likelihood of an expansion in milk production uh, goes down dramatically. And so uh, the outlook that I've been giving for the past couple of months has been that we will get better milk production globally and in the US as we move through this year. But I do have some concerns that the situation in Ukraine is really going to push feed costs higher and keep milk production from expanding later this year. So you've talked a little bit uh, about the supply side of this. How about global demand? What about the global demand side of this? It's really a mixed bag. From a long-term perspective, the main drivers for global demand are population growth and income growth. And those were pretty good. Um, despite the different variants of COVID that made their way around the world last year, economic growth bounced back well from the early stages of the pandemic. And uh, prior to the war in Ukraine, the outlook here for this year was, was pretty good as well. So the underlying consumption growth globally has been okay, but dairy buyers, dairy importers, they've been watching as these dairy prices have been continuously escalating for the past year. And for some of them, they've, they've never seen non-fat dry milk at $1.80 a pound. Um, and it, it blows their mind that this is even possible. So from the buy side, everybody has been staying hand to mouth. Nobody wants or has been willing or interested in loading up on extra product at these price levels. And the expectation has been that milk production will improve later this year. These prices will start to come back down. All I have to do is stay hand to mouth and wait for my opportunity. But now with the situation in Ukraine, right, the, the outlook for feed costs shifting higher, concerns about actually getting feed or getting fertilizer, getting the, the physical stuff starting to creep into people's minds, um, I, I do think that the mentality around buying could shift a bit and we could see a little bit better demand or at least more willingness by buyers to lock in higher prices for later this year as uh, concerns around the situation in Ukraine um, really start to make their way uh, through, through buyers' mentality. How much do the transportation infrastructure bottlenecks affect the global markets as well? Can you speak to that? I'm not as well-versed in that. We're, we're on the financial side, um, more so than the logistics side, but talking with our customers, talking to people who are in the industry, the logistics have had, uh, they have had an impact. It, it's, it's difficult to put an exact number on it. I know the U.S. Dairy Export Council has done some work on putting specific numbers around it. Um, it's been difficult because actually our exports have been good. On a milk solids basis, our exports last year were record high despite the logistics problems at the ports that we're facing. One place where you can see some of it is just in the price spreads. We have U.S. cheese that's, that's been running in the $1.90s, now in the low $2, but globally, European cheese is $2.50, $2.60 a pound. Um, cheddar at the most recent global dairy trade auction in New Zealand just went to $2.90 a pound. And 
not all of that discount that the U.S. is sitting at can be attributed to logistics problems, but some of it can be. Uh, so despite the very good movement of product out of the U.S., we could probably be achieving either better prices or we could be moving even more product out of the U.S. Um, than we have been. So I don't want to say that the logistics, they're, they're certainly having some impact, but putting your finger on the exact um, impact that they're having is, uh, is difficult. <laughs> Pessimistically, it doesn't sound like the issues are getting much better short term. Uh, there's still some hope that later this year, maybe the mid part or, or into the third quarter, that things could improve. But um, anecdotally, everything that we hear and in the hard numbers in terms of ships sitting at the ports, it's still looking, uh, still looking rough. So as we wrap up today, Nate, what's your crystal ball look like? What's your outlook for domestic milk prices and producer margins through the balance of 2022? The margin part, I'm very unsure. Um, we, we just don't know what impact the war in Ukraine is going to have on the feed cost side. Now, I will say built into my current assumptions is new crop corn at 650 a bushel. And even with that type of feed cost outlook, it still gives me class three in the 21 to $22 range uh, for an annual average this year, class four in the 24 to $25 range. So we're still talking about good milk prices, even if we see some weakening in feed cost. Now, I haven't done extensive modeling around it, but if we're talking about $8 new crop corn, the, the, the milk price forecast shifts even higher. And we're probably talking about class three, class four prices at the end of the year that are still um, $22, $23 on, on the class three and still maybe $24, $25 on class four uh, in Q4 um, because it, the, the supply side just will not rebound to the same degree that it will if we're talking about 650 corn. So again, the margin side, I'm very unsure about because I, I, um, I have no idea what's going to happen on the feed cost side, but even under a feed cost scenario where we pull back to 650, we should still have fairly profitable milk prices out in the fourth quarter. So the, the milk price outlook, I'm fairly supportive on. I, I just don't know what margins and feed costs are going to look like. And where can people go, Nate, to keep up to date with StoneX? Uh, I would say head to our main site, StoneX.com, um, or give us a call. Sounds great. Thanks so much for taking the time with us today, Nate. We appreciate it. This wraps up our Boba News podcast for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow Boba News on your favorite podcast subscription service. And while you're at it, follow us on the various social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube page. And be sure to check out our website, bovanews.com, for more information and alerts to upcoming podcasts and webinars. This has been your host, Kim Bremer. And from everyone at Boba News, have a great day. <laughs>